going to start off this morning by asking a, a question. I'll be impressed if you do. Does anyone know what this is? Kidman knows. Okay, well, okay. Let me, let me, let me rephrase that. Excellent. That is correct answer. Anyone know what this is a key to? There we go. Let me be more specific. Anyone know what it is key to? My motorcycle. <laughs> uh, in, in, yeah, in my, in my, in my, anyone know what it's key to? Safety deposit box. I was going to bring out the little red folder thing that every bank gives. This is a key to my safe, a read and I safety deposit box. And do you know, this may surprise you, but this key is worthless. Now, now, not because the contents of our safety deposit box are worthless, uh, although there's really not much there. there. There's a few documents that are important to us, a couple old things that we have, some uh, some heirlooms that aren't worth a whole whole lot uh, that are in there. But I can assure you there's there's no gold bars, there's no stacks of cash, there's no priceless art collections. The key, the key is worthless. It's worthless by itself. Now, occasionally, I will go into uh, to our bank uh, there at Rustville Exchange uh, uh, Bank, and I I will go in and and I will ask my favorite bank employee, which is my wife Rita, uh, and, and I'll say to her, "Hey, I want to get in the safety deposit." Safety deposit box. Not, maybe I'm looking for my birth certificate or an important document or just to check to see I can't find something. Well, maybe it's stuck in there. And, and, uh, and I will take out my safety deposit box key. Well, well, actually, uh, let me just do this so I don't have to be responsible. Uh, I don't actually have a key. Rita keeps it always. Uh, um, but she doesn't trust me with it. But, but we'll take out our safety deposit box key. And then Rita will go over to a drawer uh, in the bank, a drawer in a desk in the bank, and take out a, another key. You, you see, you can't you can't have access unless you have both keys. You you can't access the the treasures that are inside, whether they're gold bars or Rembrandts or. Just your kid's report cards or a title to your car or, uh, or whatever it might be. Both keys are required. Now, now if I went in there, free to let me have the key and I wandered in there with just my key, I couldn't get into a box. My box or anyone else's. And, and if a bank employee took just the bank's key and went in there, they really, this is good to know, they can't get into your, your box either. They can't snoop around and see what you have in there. So that's why you don't want to lose your key because they, no one can get in it without drilling the, the, the lockout. So, so you have to have both keys. Access, access to the treasure, uh, inside is granted only when both keys are working in unison. Today, and, and actually next Sunday as well, we'll look at one today and one next Sunday. We're, we're going to look at two keys to a godly marriage. And these two keys have to work in unison. They have to work together for us to access uh, what God really wants to give us, the blessing that he wants to give us in marriage. So if you have your Bibles, turn with me to the book of Ephesians. We're going to look at Ephesians chapter 5, verses 22 to 28. You can Read on through the whole chat, the rest of the chapter, if you like, to get the, the, the few extra verses there. But Ephesians chapter five, twenty-two through twenty-eight, 
And it will point out two keys, and you might be able to kind of figure out what those keys are without me going very much further here. Two keys to a godly marriage. We'll look at one of them today. Verse 22, wives. So wives, listen up here. Husbands, uh, you can listen if you want, but you can kind of take a break here for a second, a couple verses. Wives, submit yourself to your own husbands as you do to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ is the head of the church, his body, of which he is the Savior. Now, as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit to their husbands in everything. I'm going to go ahead and read the, the next week's text as well, starting in verse 25, because I, I want husbands to know it's going to talk to you as well. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to make her holy, cleansing her by washing with water through the word and to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. In the same way, husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. Before we get started here this morning, uh, talking about uh, these two keys, one today, one next Sunday, I, I want you to understand something. So just let this be kind of sitting there in, in your mind uh, for the next two weeks. One of the things that we have to accept for, for a godly marriage, one of the things we have to accept is that we can only control our key. There's two keys, but we only have one of the keys, and we can only control that key. When we try to force control of the second key, it's going to leave us frustrated, unfulfilled, and more times than not, we're going to take our focus off what we do have control of, which is our key. So let's, let's look at that first one. Uh, here, here's, here's the thought. A submissive wife must. That's the first key. A submissive wife must. Uh, can I get an amen from any of the guys here this morning? There we go. I, I was wondering if anyone would be brave enough to do it. So those of us that didn't say amen, uh, we, was that Neil? Was that, we, we applaud you, Neil. We also understand you're getting in trouble when you get home, but we applaud your, your, your boldness there. Uh, husbands, let me ask you another question. Uh, uh, by show of hands, how many of you are in a bad marriage? Neil? No? No? You are now. <laughs> you just didn't know it. <laughs> Okay, uh, I'm glad you didn't fall fall for that one. But I want you to know, husbands, the first the first key, the first idea uh, of this is the most important. So, so even if you don't normally uh, fill out the outline that's in the in your bulletin, guys, I would I would kind of just sneak that out of your bulletin and fill that out today. So this week you can hand that that bulletin insert to your wife all week long and point out to her what, what it says, particularly this first point, because this first point is the most important point that we're going to look at. And in fact, I think it's key to the whole concept of a godly marriage. In fact, if your wife will figure this out, it will change your marriage. And guys, you are going to be the, the benefactor of that. So, so a submissive wife must be a servant to her now, did any of you go ahead and start filling that out? Did any of you write in their husband? If you did, boy, you're brave. Because, well, you're wrong too, but you're brave. Uh, guys, we, we, 
we, we have to remember what I said earlier, that we can only control our key. Sometimes, sometimes we misunderstand. Our job is not to jump when we hear this phrase, wives must submit, wives must be submitted. Our job is not to, to hear that phrase and then come up with a definition of what that means and of a list of ways to put that into practice. That's not our job. For far too long, I think we're doing a better job of it in recent years, maybe even in the last 10 years, but for far too long in the church particularly, we hear uh, uh, Ephesians chapter 5, and we we only hear verses 22. I'm speaking to guys here for just a second. For, we only hear verses 22 to 24. We hear it say, wives, be submissive to your husbands. And as husbands, we're like, yes, that's a good verse. Amen, preach that. I love that verse. But here's the problem. First of all, those verses, 22 to 24, don't talk to us. Husband, those those are not our verses. Those are speaking to our wives. They're the ones that have to hassle with that and grapple with that and figure out what it means for them, but not us. Those verses do not talk to us. And the second thing is, the reality is what he says next, when he does bring the husband into view here, he talks about it a whole lot more than he does the wife. And what he talks to the husband, what he demands of the husband, is way more important than what he demands of the the wife. Let me let me read verse twenty two again. Wives submit to your husbands, to your own husbands, as you do to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ is the head of the church, his body, to which he's the Savior. The key phrase here is as you do to the Lord. This is giving wives both an example and a motivation. So, so if you didn't catch it, what, what that, what that key thought is, a, a godly wife must be a servant to her savior. Not, not to her husband. She must be a servant to her savior. Husbands, I, I was serious. If, if your wife gets this first point, point, if, if she, certainly learns to serve her Savior if she loves Jesus, if she is a Christ follower, if she is transformed by her relationship with Him, it will serve as a key cog in the building of a godly marriage. When she is seeking to be submissive to Christ first, when she's seeking to serve Christ first, then then you're on your way to a godly relationship. A godly marriage. See, a relationship that looks like the church's relationship with Jesus is the example. And, and, and wives, that's the model that you look to. How, how is the church supposed to look at Jesus? How are we supposed to put ourselves under the, the leadership and the, the authority and the love of Jesus? That's what submission looks like. And it is a motivation when, when, when our wives are in in touch with Jesus and on fire and in submission to Him, it is a motivation in their marriage. So, so to have a godly marriage, a submissive wife must, first of all, serve her Savior. And the second thing, uh, she must seek to, to make her husband soar. Now you can, uh, no, S-O-A-R, not S-O-R-E. So, uh, seek to make her husband Sore. I remember years ago, I was doing premarital counseling with a couple. It might have been one of the, the first couples that I had uh, talked with before their marriage. And 
in, in fact, this has happened several times since, but I was, as I was talking and we were talking about the, the ceremony, talking about the vows, I, I remember the wife stopping and uh, looking at me, kind of pointing a finger at me, says, now, now you aren't going to say anything in the vows about me having to obey him, are you? My, my first thought, I'll just be honest, my first thought was, good luck, guy. <laughs> uh, but, but the second, second thought, or second thing is I said it out loud, oh no, I don't, I don't use that word. See, see, the problem is back in, back in the day, a, a lot of marriage ceremonies, the, the pastors had somehow replaced this word submit or submission, and somewhere along they, they replaced it with the word obey. Now I think that's fine, don't you guys? Don't you think that's fine? If it, if we say, just Neil. Neil's the only one with me on that. So, actually, I don't. I'm just kidding. I don't agree with that. Uh, but, but the problem is, we know, we know that in the Bible somewhere, it, it tells us. And in fact, I think about every couple I've ever dealt with, they know somewhere in the Bible it says something about submit, uh, be subject, obey, something like that. And, and it makes them a little uncomfortable because. Because we're not really sure what what scripture means there. Now I'm going to illustrate it for you. So Bobby and Carrie, um, I'm going to have them come up and hopefully not embarrass them too much. Um, and I'm going to have them illustrate this idea of submission, particularly how we get it wrong and how we need to get it right. So so we're going to start. Bobby's going to be here. Carrie's going to stand right down here on the on on the floor. And this is how. Husbands sometimes see submission. They, they see these verses, this idea of submission, and it's like, yeah, I'm up here and she's down there. I'm up here and I, I, I reign over. I, I have authority over. I'm, I'm in charge of. We, we kind of don't, I'm just talking. This is not the right one, but, uh, uh, but, but sometimes guys, we see it that way. We read this verse and, and, and whether we read it and think that we, it's, Ladies, let me admit that as guys, sometimes that's a little bit in the back of our minds. We see it this way. This is not what he's talking about here. Uh, Carrie, step up on that first step. Now, unfortunately, sometimes women see it this way. They, 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 they see they're elevated a little bit more, but they still, and again, I don't know that a whole lot of women would admit to it, but I think it's there that somehow I'm still a little lesser than, that my husband has, has this, just a little bit notch uh, above me. Now, now I'm not going to illustrate this. Uh, in, in our world, sometimes we get it totally backwards, and the husband would be on the floor, and the wife would be ruling over him. That's wrong too. But, but let me let me illustrate what when it says wives be subject to your husbands, submit to your husbands. Let me illustrate really what he wants us to catch. So, Carrie, if you would step up. Yeah. <laughs> That's sweet. Did anyone get a picture of that? No, that okay, thank you guys. S- submission. Su- <laughs> submission is the act of accepting and receiving her husband's love, protection, guidance, and yes, leadership. Now, uh, it- it's not, it's not us lording over the wife, it's not the wife even thinking somehow she's less than. It's it, it's equal on the same level, but it's the husband with arms open wide. And, and that's why we'll, we'll talk more about that next week. With the arms open wide, the wife willingly 
placing herself there. We get a we get a little bit of insight into understanding this word when we take a closer look at what it really means. How how would a first century believer have seen this and understood it and and been affected by it? So so first of all, let's look at the meaning. The 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 Greek word for submit or or subject here. The Greek word is is hupotasso. Hupotasso. Hupo means uh, under, and tasso means to arrange. So, so its literal meaning is to arrange under. It's it's actually a military term, and it has the idea or the concept of of voluntarily voluntarily placing yourself somewhere. So, husbands, you know what that means? It, it means it's not. It's not us making a decision about our wife. It's not us drafting her into a position. Wives, do you understand what that means? It's, it's voluntary. It is a choice on your part. See, I think, I think it'd be helpful if we actually understood, uh, to understand this word if we saw where else it was used in scripture. So, so let's look at a couple of those. Actually, let's go up one verse to verse 21. Verse 21 says, and it's using the same word, hupotasso, why, or, or, or submit to one another out of reverence to Christ. In the church, we are called to willingly place ourselves in a healthy relationship with our brothers and sisters in Christ. It's, it's the exact same word. And now I, I don't want to belabor the point. I don't want to confuse you, but, um, uh, if you were to take out your Greek Bibles and open them up, you'd be like, "Hey, this looks like Greek to me." But, uh, but if you did, you'd find that 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 verb hupotasso only appears in verse twenty-one. Actually, in the Greek Bible, there aren't really verses. In the manuscripts, there aren't verses. We we added those, but but it's only there in that first part, and it just draws from that verb when it's talking about the wife. So so the same idea of submission within the body of Christ is the same idea for. For the wife, uh, James chapter four verse seven. Submit yourselves, same word, then to God. Resist the devil. We are to submit ourselves, same idea, to God. Titus three one says, remind the people to be subject, same word here, hupotasso. Remind the people to be subject to rulers and authorities, to be obedient, to be ready to do whatever is good. 1 Peter 2.13, submit, same word, yourselves for the Lord's sake to every authority instituted among men. Now, we may not be real comfortable with those verses in today's climate, and and certainly there, there's some applications we can take that would call not to do that, but, but what we are called to submit, that same idea to authorities around us. 1 Peter 2.18, slaves, submit yourselves to your masters. Same word. Same idea of submission. So, so husbands and wives, don't misunderstand this word submit. It, it was not a word that was reserved only for women, only for our wives. It's, it's the same word used in the church, in our relationship with God, in, in so many other applications. It's talking about a willing choice. Now, now here's the second thing that gives us a little bit of of insight is would be how how would they understand it? What would be their understanding? Uh, how would a how would a first century believer in Ephesus, when 
Paul's letter arrived at their church and they read it out loud. And, and, and a first century believer, a, a wife was sitting in the church. How would she have heard that and thought that he was talking about? See, in the, uh, uh, in, in the first century, they would have probably seen it differently than us. Ironically, the first century Christian wife would not have seen this as an infringement of her rights and role. She, she wouldn't have saw this and like, oh man, Paul is putting the hammer down on us. Paul is, is telling our husbands that they, he has to tell us we have to, that they wouldn't, actually they, they wouldn't have seen it that way at all. But instead they would have seen it as a recognition of her equality. Did you catch that? We sometimes look at this verse. I, I remember growing up hearing this verse and, and it was almost a, a, a power trip for husbands. Yeah, that's what it said. But, but in reality, the meaning was it was freeing for women of the day that Paul would recognize them. See, in the first century, women weren't recognized at all. They had no role except to do what their husband told them to, to do. So Paul addressing both wives and husbands and their roles in the same text would have been seen and understood just like it should have been as an elevation of the wife to equality with her husband. Equally loved, equally valued, equally important, and equally seen. So this verse, this verse along with, with the gospels and, and the verses that show us how Jesus treated women, these verses are really the, the start of the equal rights for women. It, it wasn't politicians. It wasn't uh, liberals. It wasn't uh, women's lib. It was Jesus and his church. And and finally, and we'll, we'll touch this and just move on. It, we have to see the context. We, we'll address this more next week, but you can't, you can't interpret verses 22 to 24 without realizing that Paul follows it up by talking to the husband's. By telling the husbands, yeah, she has to willingly be submissive, willingly uh, uh, accept your love, but you have to be something else. Husbands, the reality is we need to worry less about our wives being submissive and more about us loving like Jesus. We'll talk more about that less, uh, next week. The, the, the key to a godly marriage is a, a wife wanting to seek to make her husband soar. Your your desire then, wives, sh- should be to lift him up, to encourage him, to bless him, to make him feel honored. If you look down in verse 33 in this chapter, the last verse it says, and wives must respect her husband. So so wives, you're called to lift them up. And, and finally, a submissive wife must. A so, submissive wife must sacrifice for solution. I uh I would suggest that there will be times wives that you have to sacrifice to find a solution. And and part of that is the role of submission. There will be times that it's not easy to be a godly wife. Can I get an amen from the ladies? There's going to be times it's not easy to be a godly wife, but but when you willingly, that's what the verse is talking about, when you willingly place yourself in the arms of your husband, in his, in his protection, in his love, in his guidance, in his leadership, when you 
willingly place yourself. There will be times, and I'm not going to go into that. We can, we can, we could spend weeks about what, what that might mean and, and, and mean different things for different people, but there will be times that means sacrifice so that you end up with a solution. Wives, uh, submit to your husbands as to the Lord. Ladies, this is your example, and also this is your motivation. See, a submissive wife must be a servant to her Savior. That that really is the key. That's the most important thing. If you are serving, if you are serving first your Savior, then that is will put you on a roll to a godly marriage. You must seek to make your husband soar, and then finally, finally sacrifice for a solution. Uh, it was 11:41 A.D. A worship team, if you guys want to come on up, it was 11:40 uh, A.D. in the Winsburg Castle in Germany. The wives that lived inside the walls of that castle knew full well the treasure that was contained inside. They they knew about the gold and the silver and the jewels and the abundant wealth, and. And so when a conquering army had surrounded the castle and was demanding their surrender, a, a surrender of the castle, a surrender of the lives of their men, and a surrender of the, the treasure, they, they knew they had no other choice. The, the conquering army sent a, a list of demands. And with that, they would allow the free passage of the women and the children from the castle. Uh, but, but the women had a demand of their own, and their their demand back to the the conquering general was simply this: we we want to be able to carry as much of our possessions out of the castle as we can. The, the commanding officer realized that that the, the 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 bounty there was so vast that these women carrying a little bit of the gold and silver and and, and uh, jewels would would not even put a dent into the value of their treasure. So so they willingly agreed to let them carry what they could out of the castle that day. And, and as the time for the surrender came, the doors of the castle opened up. And the conquering army saw the women of the castle walk out, not with gold and silver and jewels, but with their husbands in their arms. Uh, wives... Just like the church, just like the church looks at Jesus as our protector and our love and our finisher, wives, we're, we're to, you're to be submissive with that attitude and with that mission and with that goal. Would you bow with me? Father, we thank you this morning that you, you have a plan. You have a, a desire for us. And your plan, uh, your your desire uh, is for husbands and wives, for marriages to be whole, for marriages to be uh, godly, for marriages to be a shining example of what you want, literally to be an example of the church Christ relationship. Father, we pray this morning for our wives. Lord, I pray that you bless them. Lord, give them uh, give them the desire, first and foremost, above all other things, to seek you to serve you, to to submit themselves to you. Father, because when that happens, it, it, it just it makes it so, so easy to have a marriage that honors you.
So, Father, we pray for them today. Lord, we pray for husbands today. Lord, we pray that we will step away from our, our misconceived ideas of what submission might be and realize that we need to just open our arms, that we open our arms to our wives to love them, secure them, bless them, encourage them. Father, help us understand that we are to worry less about what they do and more about us being like Jesus. Father, give us strength to be godly men. Because when we do that, it makes it easy for our wives to be submissive. Father, we thank you for the church and the example that it gives to us as husbands and wives. We pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen.